you know, people think when you learn about technology, you're going to hear about what's happening in 10 years, but it turns out the future is here. Things are already changing. Uh, and if you're not, if you're not changing with them, you're getting left behind already. Welcome to the Exponential Organization podcast. I'm your host, Lance Pepler. The world is changing at an exceptional rate. Companies need to not only continue to innovate, but also grow exponentially to keep up. This podcast will introduce you to the principles of exponential growth and how you can adopt them into your business. This show is sponsored by Deerstorm, a leading exponential growth consultancy. They can provide services ranging from an hour advisory call with a network of over 2,000 consultants worldwide through to the 10-week ExoSprint. Visit www.ideastorm.co.za to find out more. Today, my guest is Mike Lingle. Mike is an experienced executive focused on helping global organizations achieve exponential transformation through the lens of emerging technologies and disruptive innovation. He is a successful entrepreneur, experienced software developer, and mentor running accelerator programs for startups. He co-founded SlideRocket.com, a SaaS-based platform for sales and marketing presentations that was acquired by VMware in 2011. Mike lives in Miami in the United States, and this is where I spoke to him. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Lance. Thanks for uh, asking me to be here. It's fantastic having you. Um, Mike, you've been involved with ExoWorks for a couple of years now. Um, how did your journey around exponential organizations start? Uh, I guess, I mean, really it started back, I was a software developer for many years um, and started a bunch of companies and uh, spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to grow faster, right? Um, to spend, you know, a couple decades of my career Focused on that problem, uh, was lucky enough to get involved with a team uh, where we built something, raised some venture capital, and had an exit uh, with a company called Slide Rocket that was presentations in the cloud. And we were early taking um, taking that to the cloud. Uh, sort of, we started around 2006, 2007, launched in 2008, 2009. Uh, so it was early. We were having to explain the cloud to people, but we were already using um, Amazon Web Services. Uh, and really seeing the power of that, you know, the shift from having to have our own server or a dedicated server to being able to use virtual servers and scale up or down as needed um, was just a tremendous benefit to the business. Um, and we could essentially launch a global product uh, with just a few team members on the development staff. So that was when we really started to see the power. Uh, we did manage to grow quickly. The company was acquired in 2011. Uh, and then actually I took a couple of years off. I'm a music guy. So I just took a couple of years off to All focus right. on music full time. Uh, and during that time, my wife said, Hey, let's move to Miami. Um, <laughs> we were living in New York in the time at the time and she got a job transfer offer down here. So I said, okay. Uh, it was one of the few times in my career where I wasn't really tethered to anything. Um, so I said, great. We moved down here and I got very involved in the tech community in Miami and started running, you know, working with other entrepreneurs, trying to help other uh, people build businesses, trying to help them figure out how to grow quickly. Uh, ran a few accelerator programs in Miami. And one of those was at a place called Rocker. 
uh, and Salim Ismail, uh, the author of Exponential Organizations, hangs out at Rocker. He's on their board. Um, he's a partner in their fund, their venture fund. And so I met him, started talking to him. And in the fall of uh, 2017, he was running a project in Miami uh, called the Fast Track. So it was the Miami Mobility Fast Track focused on how do we solve traffic in Miami. And uh, I joined one of the teams and got very involved in that project and our team ended up winning uh, with using the, the EXO sprint methodology. Um, so using the exponential attributes to figure out how to solve traffic. And that was my first real, like I had been teaching EXO as part of Rocker. I'd been teaching EXO to entrepreneurs, but that was really the first time where I just got deeply embedded in the, in the exponential attributes and how they can be applied. Uh, and like I said, our team won and we were actually, we funded a company um, that's doing uh, the idea that we came up with. Uh, and that's actually piloting in Miami right now to help solve traffic. It's a company called Velocia. Mm -hmm. uh, so not only have we come up with the idea, but we're actually trying to execute it here, which is uh, amazing. Hmm. Mike, can so, I backtrack very quickly? I'm also a musician. What kind yeah, of music do you do? Uh, so I grew up playing guitar uh, and I was a guitarist for a long time and was in a band where uh, we wrote a bunch of our own music in New York. And then uh, we hit that age where everyone started getting married and having kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was like, what do I do if I want to play live and I don't want to coordinate my schedule with four other people? Uh, so I actually, I discovered electronic music around that time. I had gone to a Sasha and Digweed show in New York and I was like, what's this? Completely blew my mind. <laughs> so I actually became a DJ um, because I could just go play live. You know, I could get that, that experience of playing to a crowd, but I didn't have to coordinate my schedule with anyone else. So I figured out the DJing thing uh, and then spent years as a DJ in New York, which got me very, in, eventually got me into music production because I was like, hey, how do I start producing my own tracks? Uh, and then when the company was acquired, I was like, you know what? Um, this is the moment in my life where if I take some time off, I don't really have any responsibilities. Uh, so this is the moment. So I ended up taking a couple of years and just focused on music production and DJing. Wow, that sounds and fantastic. Sure enough, sure enough, met my wife during that period. Uh, and now I have a wife, I have kids, we have a house. <laughs> so uh, no more full-time music for me. But it was amazing while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds very good. All right, we, I have to drag us back to the topic at hand, unfortunately. That's fine. Or fortunately. <laughs> Yeah, um, so you met Salim Ishmael, you were working with him, and then you did the uh, Exo Sprint, and you won the award. Um, how many Exo Sprints have you been involved with now? Uh, so what happened from there is I got, uh, I was super, you know, I saw the possibilities, I saw how effective um, the EXO approach was, and uh, right at that moment, um, uh, I met the folks from EXO Works. So Salim has an umbrella organization, uh, OpenEXO, that has a bunch of different pillars. Um, one of those pillars is Fast Track, which is focused on how do we, how do we help cities uh, using this exponential approach. Um, and they've run projects in Miami around uh, solving traffic. They've run projects in Medellin um, around traffic, healthcare, air quality. 
they ran a, a project in Bogota last year um, around reforming the criminal justice system, and uh, which is a pretty amazing when you think about it, going into Colombia to tackle the justice system. No one got hurt during the project. <laughs> yes. uh, um, so fast track is one pillar. There's another pillar called EXO Works, which is focused on helping uh, large organizations um, apply uh, the EXO attributes, both to help the parent organization. So how do you make the core business more exponential, more efficient, uh, so that you're more resistant to disruption? And then also, how do these large companies experiment uh, with new business models and new customers uh, at the edge of the business? And how do you build a portfolio of experiments that could eventually turn into something as big as Amazon Web Services or Google's Waymo autonomous car project? You know, these massive successes that digital first companies are having that are harder for traditional companies to replicate. And you know, EXO works, uh, we work with companies like Procter & Gamble, Visa, TD Ameritrade. Actually, we ran two sprints. You know, they just announced that they went to zero um, trading commissions, free trading commissions. Mm. And we ran two projects with them over the past couple of years with exactly that in mind. How do they prepare for, zero, for a zero commission world? Um, so those are the kind of projects uh, we work on. And that's been amazing. So I joined that team almost two years ago. Uh, and have been really focused on this this corporate innovation piece, which kind of picks up, uh, you know, I can bring all my skills from the uh, bootstrapping startup world, uh, but now the challenges are more, you know, you're dealing, instead of searching for resources like you are with the bootstrappers, uh, you have all the resources in the world, you already have a giant market, but then the question is, you know, what do we focus on and how do we make it work in an organization where the culture is not focused on innovation or even digital sometimes. For the listener who doesn't know about the ExoSprint, what is an ExoSprint? So uh, first of all, go read the book, Exponential Organizations. Um, Salim uh, wrote it uh, maybe five years ago, mm. and it immediately became a bestseller, uh, and it's on track to be one of the best-selling business books of all time. Uh, it continues to sell many, many copies, uh, and it's become required reading in boardrooms uh, all over the world. And so really what, what happened was uh, Salim was working uh, at Singularity University, running their um, executive programs, and he kept seeing executives come in the door uh, who were learning about technology with companies that were just uh, dominating their peers. So it was right uh, you know, when companies like Uber and Airbnb we're starting their ascent. And he was looking at these companies and saying, wow, these guys are really growing faster, you know, multiple times faster than anyone else. So he started asking the question, what are the shared attributes of the fastest growing companies in the world? What he lays out in that book is an ingredient list. Um, so basically there's a core purpose called the massive transformative purpose. Uh, and that's something that people both inside and outside the organization are passionate about. Uh, which could be for Google, it's organizing the world's information. Uh, for Facebook, uh, it was connecting everyone in the world. Uh, and so these are big ideas that affect everyone um, and really draw people in uh, and help them help them move the company forward. And they, they also act as navigational aids. So if you're at Google and you're working on a project, you know, is this project actually helping organize all the world's information? Uh, even the autonomous car project, even Waymo, is actually organizing information. 
right? So when you look at it through that lens, it provides internal navigation, but also helps mobilize crowd and community outside of the company. <clears throat> and so that's kind of the unifying principle of the massive transformative purpose. That's at the core of exponential organizations. And then there are 10 more ingredients uh, that these companies use. And so really uh, what the word exponential refers to is how quickly the price performance of digital technologies double. So the, the most common example of this is Moore's Law. So the price performance of your computer chip uh, doubles every 18 months. So if you look at your iPhone, for example, um, the iPhone 6 that I had had about a billion transistors in the chip. Uh, two years later, when I upgraded to the iPhone X, uh, it had about 2 billion, um, uh, sorry, it had about 4 billion transistors in the chip. Uh, and then now, when you look at the iPhone 11, uh, they have about 8 billion transistors in the chip. So you're seeing these doubling patterns. Um, so you go from 2 billion to 4 billion, that's a 2 billion uh, increase. But when you go to 4 to 8, that's a, that's a 4 billion increase. And humans don't really um, process these doubling patterns very well. So it's hard to understand how much of a difference that makes. And what we're seeing is doubling patterns, not just in computers, but in other digital-based technologies. So for example, um, if you look at solar panels, those are actually chips um, that are based on silicon, and they also double in price performance. So what's happening with solar energy, it's becoming cheaper and cheaper and more and more abundant. The doubling pattern for solar is about every 22 months. Uh, the catch is when you look at batteries, the doubling of battery density is only about every eight years. So batteries lag solar, uh, which is why we're not all on renewable energy quite yet, although the batteries are, are plugging along. Uh, other technologies, like we look at gene sequencing, uh, those doubling patterns are every five months. So the, the biology stuff is actually happening much more quickly um, than the computing stuff, uh, which is which is pretty amazing. The gene editing, the gene sequencing stuff is really where the action is. Uh, and the effect that this has is all of these things are doubling all at the same time, and that's creating abundance. So we now have an abundance of information. We have an abundance of computing power. We're starting to have an abundance of energy. Um, we're starting to have uh, abundance of biological resources. And so in Exponential Organizations, he gives us an ingredient list that lays out uh, the five attributes that companies use to tap into that abundance. So how do we tap into smart people all over the world? How do we tap into other people's assets, like rooms for rent in Airbnb? You know, how do we get other people to do the work for us, like Uber? Uh, so five of the EXO attributes tap into the abundance that's being created by these digital technologies, and five of the attributes tap into um, help help organize that abundance. So once you've tapped into that abundance, how do you make it available, understandable, and usable, both for your customers and internally to your own employees? And so really it's a playbook for the sharing economy. Uh, it's the playbook to build platforms and ecosystems. Uh, and that's really where the world is heading right now. You know, the winners um, are the companies with platforms and ecosystems. Mm. So he wrote this book, it took off, uh, he became very famous and in demand. So he flies around the world talking to company and government leaders. And 
they always, you know, he, he melts their minds. He does these amazing presentations, you know, where he spends an hour and people's brains just melt. And part of the magic is he's not talking about the future. He's talking about what's happening now. You know, people think when you learn about technology, you're going to hear about what's happening in 10 years. But it turns out the future is here. Things are already changing. Uh, and if you're not, if you're not changing with them, you're getting left behind already. You know, just ask the taxi industry. So when he goes and gives these speeches, people get it, right? Uh, then the question is, what now, right? When I go back to my desk, Salim, I've heard you, I understand. Now I'm going to go back to my 20,000 person organization and sit at my desk on Monday. How do I bring this into that organization? Yeah. And so the EXO Sprint is the answer to that question. So it is a 10 week process that is designed um, to, to bring uh, the answer and help the organization figure out its own solutions using the EXO methodology. What we don't do is consult. What we want companies and cities to do is to come up with their own solutions. Salim has assembled uh, this amazing group of 2,000 plus people in 100 countries around the world. Um, and OpenEXO is the platform that trains, certifies, uh, and makes them available to customers. And then uh, what we do at EXO Works and what FastTrack does with these sprints is form teams out of the customer population. So if we're working with TD Ameritrade, we're forming teams of people who work at TD Ameritrade. Hmm. We're giving them the sprint process. So we give them this 10-week playbook. Um, it has been open source. The sprint process has been open sourced uh, in a book called Exponential Transformations, which is the follow-up to Exponential Organizations. Uh, so check it out. You can get the playbook for free. And then that, you know, we run the client through that process and we provide coaches, experienced certified coaches to each of the, the client teams. And then we give them access to our community. So we give them access to our futurists, our big thinkers, our disruptors, our innovators, our technology experts, uh, and we help them come up with their own solutions and push them way farther than they would ever go on their own. Mm. So the client brings the industry expertise and almost more importantly, the company culture expertise of their own organization. And then we bring the exponential expertise, the technology expertise, the business model expertise, and it's that combo that helps them create the best possible solutions for their organization. And during the 10 week process, they learn as much as they can. We give them as much information and push them as far as, as they can. They throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, we all come together in the middle of the 10 weeks and do kind of a shark tank, dragon's den uh, presentation of the half-baked ideas. We tear them apart. Uh, we help put them back together and then spend the next five weeks really focusing on what is likely to work, validating it with customers, uh, creating prototypes, iterating, uh, really creating business cases, and then bringing those business cases to management uh, in the final presentation after the 10 weeks, at which point management funds, uh, funds the appropriate business cases on the spot. And the business cases come in two flavors. One is core, which is how do you use uh, this exponential approach to radically um, make the core business, the existing business more efficient 
Um, so how do you drive 10x efficiency into what you're already doing using uh, EXO attributes, using technology? And then the other streams focus on how do you start to experiment with new business models and new markets on the edge of the organization uh, that can become, you know, eventually grow to become the center of gravity as the organization evolves. So where's the next success? You know, what we're seeing is, is every 10 years, about a third of the business models in the, in the Fortune 1000 become obsolete. So how do those companies start to prepare for the future as opposed to just continuing to do what they're doing and eventually going out of business. So the answer is to start experimenting on the edge with these new exponential business models and see what sticks. But the EXO Sprint, it's very much about generating these breakthrough ideas. It's very much about training skills. So not only do we provide an education to these, these employees at the company, but we actually run them through 200 hours of using those skills. So when they come out, they don't just have intellectual knowledge, they have actual experience running this process. And they stay behind in the organization, help the organization innovate further. And the idea is companies run more and more sprints and that becomes the core of their innovation process. Also, the third thing the sprint does uh, is help drive culture change. So a lot of times it's culture that prevents companies from innovating. Even when the breakthrough ideas are great and will work, and actually our client at Procter and Gamble, um, if you talk to him, Tony Saldana, he'll tell you that at Procter and Gamble they used our EXO sprint process. Tony actually helped create the sprint with Salim, and what Tony found was he had to kill half of the projects uh, that he could prove worked because the parent company simply wasn't ready. So this culture change, culture transformation, is at least as important as the technology and the breakthrough ideas, if not more important. So the sprint really does those three things, uh, generates breakthrough ideas specific to the industry and the company, builds skill sets that stay behind in the organization after the sprint so that the organization can continue to do this, and then really cracks open the culture, aligns the politics, aligns the innovation efforts, and makes it much easier for the company to actually succeed in innovation on a large scale. Uh, that sounds absolutely fantastic, and thank you for that thorough um, overview. You've been involved in a few EXO sprints or um, involved in you know, the exponential organization movement. Have you seen success um, yet with the work that you've done? Yeah, uh, and I think um, a couple good stories. One is Procter & Gamble. So Tony Saldana um, worked with Salim early on you know, and, and did exactly what I said. He brought Salim in to give this awake session that melted everyone's brain at Procter & Gamble. And then everyone was like, great, we get it. What do we do now, right? And Procter & Gamble was already best in class. Um, so it wasn't like they were in trouble. But the question was, okay, we're the best at what we do. How do we stay the best at what we do? How do we evolve from here? And the traditional playbook, there was no traditional playbook to evolve further than where they were. So they needed a new approach. So what Tony did is work with Salim and went to uh, Procter & Gamble's management and said, look, I want to set up uh, a super innovation division that only looks at 10x initiatives. Uh, so it doesn't affect the existing innovation in the organization, but I want this team to think bigger. And specifically, we're going to focus on IT shared services. So it's supply chain, logistics, payroll, finance, 
all the stuff that happens behind the scenes to make all the divisions of Procter & Gamble work smoothly. And so he set up this group called Next Generation Services uh, and then ran, Tony ran it for three years in the, and helped Salim uh, create the sprint process and then used that inside P&G to generate, uh, I think they ran about 25 pilots within those three years, uh, ended up generating at least $400 million in value just during that time. Uh, and Tony eventually left, he retired from P&G and just released a book uh, called Why Digital Transformations Fail, uh, which is great, but he'll, you know, in the book, he walks through the playbook of, of how he did this and what he accomplished at Procter & Gamble. Uh, so that's one success, sort of using the sprint process over and over again inside an organization uh, to drive real uh, results and, you know, results that are big enough to matter at a company as large as Procter & Gamble. Uh, a second story, uh, we worked with uh, the largest insurance broker in Mexico, a company called Interprotexion, and we ran a sprint with them. And as part of the sprint, uh, they set up an innovation lab and started working on their own. Again, they set up their own capability to generate and execute uh, these exponential ideas. And uh, the following year after the sprint, there was a horrible earthquake in Mexico City, um, the Pueblo, or right outside of Mexico City, uh, the Pueblo earthquake that did a ton of damage. Uh, and a lot of Mexico was not insured at the time. So this created a ton of fear a ton of financial loss. Every insurance company in Mexico stopped offering insurance for two weeks. That was the reaction, right? That's the immune system kicking in. Uh, there's too much risk here. We can't help people. We don't know what's happening. What Interprotexion did is they put their sprint teams back together. Again, remember that these skills are left behind inside the organization. So you have these people that you can call up when you need them. So they brought the sprint teams together back in the innovation lab and they said, okay, how do we help here? You know, what can we do? And what they did is in 72 hours, they created a new product, got it underwritten by Chubb, which is a giant um, reinsurer, and launched it into this market where everyone else had stopped offering insurance. So the product was free aftershock insurance for two months. So no cost to sign up. You can use it for two months and quit. Uh, they helped a ton of people in Mexico City who were uninsured, who suddenly could get this aftershock insurance for free, so they felt, um, you know, safer financially. Uh, and then after the two months, Interprotection saw an almost 40% conversion to paid, and many of those people uh, hadn't had insurance before that. So they actually helped uh, start to insure uh, Mexico City. So to prepare for a future catastrophe. So it was a win all the way around. So those are some of the successes we've seen. So, so I wanted to ask you, you mentioned earlier Salim Ishmael and his jet setting around the world, spreading the message. And if you look at his LinkedIn, he says he lives in Canada, but I'm not so sure about that. Um, are you, he's spreading the message. Uh, are you seeing an uptake of companies and an interest in companies interested in exponential organization um, work being done? Uh, yes. And just to talk about Sling for a second, I had one eight-day period where I talked to him. Uh, in these eight days, I talked to him in uh, South Africa, Thailand, Malaysia, Brazil, and Chile. Oh, and New York in the middle, too. 
Like the man, the man lives on airplanes. I hope he flies business uh, or first class. <laughs> I assume he does, but uh, I, I mean, all the more power to him, but yeah, he is definitely. in demand. He is in demand all over the world. So I think that uh, the answer is yes. And so really there's a couple different pieces here. So the umbrella organization, OpenEXO, uh, which you can find at openexo.com, they're really in charge of uh, building the community and driving the movement, the EXO movement forward. And so they, you know, they bring people in, they certify them, they train them, they grow that community of 2,000 specialists who are available to help uh, companies, cities, uh, startups, entrepreneurs around the world with all of this stuff. And that movement uh, is growing very rapidly. Uh, and especially in the past um, year, I've really seen that kick into gear. Uh, you know, along with the publication of the second book, Exponential Transformations, where we open source the playbook. You know, the book is out there. We have speakers all over the world, not just Salim, but other people out there as well. Um, that movement is really starting to grow and interest is really starting to grow. Hmm. At the same time, We've done a ton of great work with both cities and companies. So we have great case studies, we have great uh, client references. And so the combination of those two things is really pushing the interest level um, higher and higher at an exponential rate. So yes, that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, so leading on to that, the ExoWorks, what are your current projects maybe on a personal basis and also with ExoWorks and plans for the, the foreseeable future? you know, the next few months. Uh, so a lot of what we're doing, yeah. So we run uh, these sprints with large organizations. And again, you know, our clients, our clients have typically been all over the world. So we've worked with Visa Brazil. We worked with Interprotection in Mexico. We worked with Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati. Um, we've worked with TD Ameritrade. We've worked with Boston Scientific uh, in both the U.S. and Europe. And then, you know, just in the past few months, we've launched sprints in South Africa, Dubai, uh, Bangkok, and Thailand, um, you know, and, and we're bringing various people from this global community of 2000 people in various combinations into these clients. So we try to find, you know, some people locally who we can involve in the project as much as possible. So that's been exciting. We also run workshops all over the world um, where we go in and not just explain the XO, but really do um, some exercises with the company to help them start to adapt uh, the attributes internally. You know, even in a day or two, we can really start to drive some of that EXO thinking and some of that culture change. Uh, so we do a ton of that. Um, in addition, so I'm very involved in that. Uh, and I love spreading the message and talking to as many companies all over the world. Uh, as I can and bringing as many of our community in to have those conversations as possible. And then in addition, um, we've launched our own uh, cryptocurrency called Exos, E-X-O-S, uh, that's been a private project. So we have our own private blockchain and our own token. Uh, and we've been using it to share services um, from the network around the globe and I've become very involved uh, in the project to sort of bring that out into the public world. So how do we take this ability to access services inside our ecosystem and make it available to as many people as possible so that anyone can show up with tokens 
and get the services of our futurists, technologists, disruptors, um, you know, become very involved with that project as well. Uh, so I've interviewed a few people for the, this fledgling um, new podcast that I'm doing already. And one of the interesting questions I've started to ask is how they see the world in five years time. So you mentioned at the beginning about, you know, exponential technology and how it's growing, um, you know, exponentially, of course. So how do you, Mike, see the world in two to five years time? Okay. So I think on the surface, it will look very similar. Right. You know, I think I think when we're walking around, it'll look the same uh, or similar. Obviously, things are always changing and evolving uh, in the background, though, as I mentioned, a lot of these technologies are starting to double. Uh, you know, the doubling pattern is larger and larger each time. So my my new iPhone with eight billion transistors will be an iPhone with 16 billion or 32 billion. I mean, five years, it'll be close to 40 billion transistors, right? So that, that doubling uh, is pretty massive. And that just changes, like I already have a supercomputer in my pocket, but I'll have something vastly more powerful. And I think most people underestimate how big a difference that makes in five years. Uh, what we're seeing, and the reason EXO exists, is we see this pattern, this pattern is happening, um, you know, we can rely on this pattern to keep happening, and the winners, the smart people, have figured this out and are already taking advantage of these trends and positioning themselves, and so what we're going to see is the people who do this successfully will be massively out in front of the pack. Uh, within five years, it's already starting to happen. You know, the companies that are really um, looking at AI, uh, you know, AI is kind of the big differentiator right now. Um, but there are other technologies that are just as important. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, the biology stuff is happening faster than the digital stuff. Uh, so it may be that companies who aren't who aren't focused on medicine may want to start looking at the biological stuff. Uh, because that may be where the fastest growth happens. And I think that's kind of the sleeper technology. The stuff we're going to be able to do biologically is just advancing much, much faster than anything else. And I don't think anyone, unless you're in healthcare, you're not really, you're, you're underestimating the impact that's going to have. Yeah, I've, I've started to do an exponential technology report and two of the, the, the articles in the last one I did was a meat grown in space from molecules and then secondly, um, a man that was able to walk in an exoskeleton by plugging, uh, having implants plugged into his brain to you know, measure his, mm -hmm. identify his thoughts and then move the exoskeleton accordingly. So um, who knows, flying cars, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen in two to five years time. Yeah, and I think uh, the exoskeleton stuff is pretty exciting. I was just talking to um, some investors in a company that's focused on that. Uh, and I was encouraging them to link up. I don't know if you've seen, there are now um, flight suits. So there's a hoverboard that actually works and there's some um, flight boots that actually work. And there've been some great demos of uh, people flying. So I think hooking that up to the exoskeletons will be amazing. Uh, you know, it looks like the first applications will be military, but there's obviously lots of um, 
uh, non-military applications for exoskeletons, especially to help you know normal people in factories not hurt themselves. I think the 3D printing stuff is amazing. Uh, I think the biology stuff is amazing. So if you can just produce stuff from molecules, some of the interesting stuff too I've seen is um, pulling carbon out of the atmosphere. Mm. So if you want to generate plastic right now, the way you do it is you go find some oil or some, uh, you know, you find some sort of polluting substance and then make plastic out of it. But we have enough carbon in the air that they're actually starting to experiment with just pulling the carbon right out of the air and generating plastic and other materials that way. Mark, it's been fascinating speaking to you. If anyone wants to contact you, how would they do it? Uh, you can just find me at mike at exo.works. Uh, and then LinkedIn is always great. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. That's become my social network of choice. Uh, so I'm just Mike Lingle. Uh, and if you look for EXO Works, you'll find me on LinkedIn. That's absolutely perfect. Um, is there anything else you would like to add to the listeners before we conclude this episode? Uh, I think that's it. I think we've covered... I think we've covered pretty much everything. How has your experience been with the EXO community now that you're, you're in it? Yeah, I'm one of the, the 2,000 people and I'm trying really, really hard to, to be as active as, as possible in the community. And it's really, mm-hmm. uh, it's really like you said, it's, it's really um, great to share ideas, to share thoughts, see what people are doing, you know, getting involved in, in people's projects, uh, you know, so being encouraged by what they're doing. So I'm, I'm really enjoying, enjoying the process. And maybe if anyone is, is listening to uh, you know, this podcast they, and they want to join themselves, then it's www.openexo.com and they can register and sign up and start taking the courses and certifications themselves. Yeah, and I've had a similar experience. Um, it's been nice to plug into this global community of very, very smart, enthusiastic people who are working on amazing stuff. You know, I can sit in Miami, um, where, where in general in Miami, it's a great city, but I don't feel as plugged in as I did in New York or, uh, you know, I built a company in San Francisco. But I can sit in Miami where the quality of life is much better, and there certainly is a tech community. But I'm plugged into this group of just amazing, smart, uh, enthusiastic people around the globe. Uh, and it's really supercharged my own thinking and energy level. So I've had a similar experience. Um, so definitely, if anyone's out there and wants to check it out, uh, openexo.com. And then you know, if you're in a large organization and want some help uh, really kickstarting the digital transformation process, or taking that process further than you already have or into new divisions, uh, check out exo.works. That's the URL, W-O-R-K-S, exo.works. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had a similar experience. It's been great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Mike. Uh, I want to wish you everything of the best, and I look forward to joining and continuing this journey together. And, you know, I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed and found this podcast valuable. If you'd like to chat about any of these concepts further, then please do. I can also put you in touch with Mike. You can contact, contact me through my website at www.ideastorm.co.za or email me directly at lancepepler at gmail.com. So until next time, have an absolutely fantastic week.